Life is complex. Join us for the simple gifts of wisdom, love, and delight in the written word. The Song of Hiawatha by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow Part 21 The White Man's Foot In his lodge beside a river, close beside a frozen river, sat an old man, sad and lonely. White his hair was as a snowdrift, dull and low his fire was burning, and the old man shook and trembled, folded in his woe weon, in his tattered white skin wrapper, hearing nothing but the tempest as it roared along the forest, seeing nothing but the snowstorm as it whirled and hissed and drifted. All the coals were white with ashes, and the fire was slowly dying, as a young man, walking lightly at the open doorway, entered. Red with blood of youth his cheeks were, soft his eyes as stars in springtime. Bound his forehead was with grasses, bound and plumed with scented grasses. On his lips a smile of beauty, filling all the lodge with sunshine, in his hand a bunch of blossoms, filling all the lodge with sweetness. Ah, my son, exclaimed the old man, happy are my eyes to see you. Sit here on the mat beside me. Sit here by the dying embers. Let us pass the night together. Tell me of your strange adventures, of all the lands where you have traveled. I will tell you of my prowess, of my many deeds of wonder. From his pouch he drew his peace pipe, very old and strangely fashioned. Made of redstone was the pipe head, and the stem a reed with feathers. Filled the pipe with bark of willow, placed a burning coal upon it, gave it to his guest, the stranger and began to speak in this wise. When I blow my breath about me, when I breathe upon the landscape, motionless are all the rivers, hard as stone becomes the water. And the young man answered, smiling, When I blow my breath about me, when I breathe upon the landscape, flowers spring up o'er all the meadows, singing onward rush the rivers. When I shake my hoary tresses, said the old man, darkly frowning. All the land with snow is covered. All the leaves from all the branches fall and fade and die and wither. For I breathe, and lo, they are not. From the waters and the marshes rise the wild goose and the heron. Fly away to distant regions, for I speak, and lo, they are not. And where'er my footsteps wander, all the wild beasts of the forest hide themselves in holes and caverns, and the earth becomes as flintstone. When I shake my flowing ringlets, said the young man, softly laughing, showers of rain fall warm and welcome, plants lift up their heads rejoicing, back into their lakes and marshes come the wild goose and the heron, homeward shoots the arrowy swallow, sing the bluebird and the robin. And where'er my footsteps wander, all the meadows wave with blossoms, all the woodlands ring with music, all the trees are dark with foliage. While they spake, the night departed. From the distant realms of Waboon, from his shining lodge of silver, like a warrior robed and painted, came the sun, and said, Behold me, Gizes, the great sun, behold me. Then the old man's tongue was speechless, and the air grew warm and pleasant, and upon the wigwam sweetly sang the bluebird and the robin, and the stream began to murmur, and a scent of growing grasses through the lodge was gently wafted. 
and Seguan, the youthful stranger, more distinctly in the daylight, saw the icy face before him. It was Peboan, the winter. From his eyes the tears were flowing, as from melting lakes the streamlets, and his body shrunk and dwindled as the shouting sun ascended, till into the air it faded, till into the ground it vanished. And the young man saw before him, on the hearthstone of the wigwam, where the fire had smoked and smoldered, saw the earliest flower of springtime, saw the beauty of the springtime, saw the misgodeed in blossom. Thus it was that in the Northland, after that unheard-of coldness, that intolerable winter, came the spring with all its splendor, all its birds and all its blossoms, all its flowers and leaves and grasses, sailing on the wind to northward, flying in great flocks like arrows, like huge arrows shot through heaven past the swan, the monarch Bizi, speaking almost as a man speaks, and in long lines waving bending like a bowstring snapped asunder, came the white goose, Wabi-Wawa, and in pairs or singly flying, Mong the loon with clangorous pinions, the blue heron, the shushuga, and the grouse, the mushkudasa. In the thickets and the meadows piped the bluebird, the Oaisa. On the summit of the lodges sang the robin, the Opichi. In the covert of the pine trees cooed the pigeon, the Omimi, and the sorrowing Hiawatha. Speechless in his infinite sorrow, heard their voices calling to him, went forth from his gloomy doorway, stood and gazed into the heaven, gazed upon the earth and waters. From his wanderings far to eastward, from the regions of the morning, from the shining land of Wabun, homeward now returned Iagu, the great traveler, the great boaster, full of new and strange adventures, marvels many and many wonders. And the people of the village listened to him as he told them of his marvelous adventures. Laughing answered him in this wise, Ugh, it is indeed Iagu. No one else beholds such wonders. He had seen, he said, a water bigger than the big sea water, broader than the Gichigumi, bitter so that none could drink it. At each other looked the warriors, looked the women at each other, smiled and said, It cannot be so. Call, they said, it cannot be so. Or it, said he, or this water came a great canoe with pinions. A canoe with wings came flying, bigger than a grove of pine trees, taller than the tallest treetops. And the old men and the women looked and tittered at each other. Caw, they said, we don't believe it. From its mouth, he said, to greet him, came Wewasimo, the lightning, came the thunder, Anamiki. And the warriors and the women laughed aloud at poor Iagu. Call, they said, what tales you tell us. In it, said he, came a people. In the great canoe with pinions came, he said, a hundred warriors. Painted white were all their faces, and with hair their chins were covered. And the warriors and the women laughed and shouted in derision, like the ravens on the treetops, like the crows upon the hemlocks. Call, they said, what lies you tell us. Do not think that we believe them. Only Hiawatha laughed not, but he gravely spake and answered to their jeering and their jesting. True is all Iagu tells us. I have seen it in a vision, seen the great canoe with pinions, 
seen the people with white faces, seen the coming of this bearded people of the wooden vessel, from the regions of the morning, from the shining land of Wabun. Gichi Manito the Mighty, the Great Spirit, the Creator, sends them hither on his errand, sends them to us with his message. Wheresoe'er they move, before them swarms the stinging fly, the Ahmo, swarms the bee, the honey-maker. Wheresoe'er they tread, beneath them springs a flower unknown among us, springs the white man's foot in blossom. Let us welcome, then, the strangers, hail them as our friends and brothers, and the heart's right hand of friendship give them when they come to see us. Gichi Manito the Mighty said this to me in my vision. I beheld, too, in that vision all the secrets of the future, of the distant days that shall be. I beheld the westward marches of the unknown crowded nations. All the land was full of people, restless, struggling, toiling, striving, speaking many tongues, yet feeling but one heartbeat in their bosoms. In the woodlands rang their axes, smoked their towns in all the valleys, over all the lakes and rivers rushed their great canoes of thunder. Then a darker, drearier vision passed before me, vague and cloud-like. I beheld our nation scattered, all forgetful of my counsels, weakened, warring with each other. Saw the remnants of our people sweeping westward, wild and woeful, like the cloud-rack of a tempest, like the withered leaves of autumn. The Song of Hiawatha by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow Part 22 Hiawatha's Departure By the shore of Gichigumi, by the shining big sea water, at the doorway of his wigwam in the pleasant summer morning, Hiawatha stood and waited. All the air was full of freshness, all the earth was bright and joyous, and before him through the sunshine, Westward toward the neighboring forest, past in golden swarms the Ahmo, past the bees, the honey-makers, burning, singing in the sunshine. Bright above him shone the heavens. Level spread the lake before him. From its bosom leaped the sturgeon, sparkling, flashing in the sunshine. On its margin the great forest stood reflected in the water. Every treetop had its shadow, motionless beneath the water. From the brow of Hiawatha gone was every trace of sorrow, as the fog from off the water, as the mist from off the meadow. With a smile of joy and triumph, with a look of exultation, as of one who in a vision sees what is to be but is not, stood and waited Hiawatha. Toward the sun his hands were lifted, both the palms spread out against it and between the parted fingers fell the sunshine on his features, flecked with light his naked shoulders, as it falls and flecks an oak tree through the rifted leaves and branches. O'er the water floating, flying, something in a hazy distance, something in the mists of morning loomed and lifted from the water, now seemed floating, now seemed flying, coming nearer, nearer, nearer. Was it Shingibis the diver, or the pelican? the Shada, or the Heron, the Shushuga, or the White Goose, Wabiwawa, with the water dripping, flashing from its glossy neck and feathers. It was neither goose nor diver, neither pelican nor heron, or the water floating, flying, through the shining mist of morning, but a birch canoe with paddles, rising, sinking on the water, dripping, flashing in the sunshine, 
and within it came a people from the distant land of Wabun. From the farthest realms of morning came the black-robed chief, the prophet, he the priest of prayer, the pale-face, with his guides and his companions. And the noble Hiawatha, with his hands aloft extended, held aloft in sign of welcome, waited, full of exultation, till the birch canoe with paddles grated on the shining pebbles, stranded on the sandy margin, till the black-robed chief, the pale-face, with the cross upon his bosom, landed on the sandy margin. Then the joyous Hiawatha cried aloud, and spake in this wise, Beautiful is the sun, O strangers, when you come so far to see us. All our town in peace awaits you. All our doors stand open for you. You shall enter all our wigwams, for the heart's right hand we give you. Never bloomed the earth so gaily, never shone the sun so brightly, as today they shine and blossom when you come so far to see us. Never was our lake so tranquil, nor so free from rocks and sandbars. For your birch canoe in passing has removed both rock and sandbar. Never before had our tobacco such a sweet and pleasant flavor. Never the broad leaves of our cornfields were so beautiful to look on as they seem to us this morning, when you come so far to see us. And the black-robed chief made answer, stammered in his speech a little, speaking words yet unfamiliar. Peace be with you, Hiawatha. Peace be with you and your people. Peace of prayer and peace of pardon. Peace of Christ and joy of Mary. Then the generous Hiawatha led the strangers to his wigwam, seated them on skins of bison, seated them on skins of ermine, and the careful old Nokomis brought them food in bowls of basswood, water brought in birchen dippers, and the calumet, the peace pipe, filled and lighted for their smoking. All the old men of the village, all the warriors of the nation, all the Jasakids, the prophets, the magicians, the Wabinos, and the medicine men, the Medas, came to bid the strangers welcome. It is well, they said, O brothers, that you come so far to see us. In a circle round the doorway, with their pipes they sat in silence, waiting to behold the strangers, waiting to receive their message. Till the black-robed chief, the pale-face, from the wigwam came to greet them, stammering in his speech a little, speaking words yet unfamiliar. It is well, they said, O brother, that you come so far to see us. Then the black-robed chief, the prophet, told his message to the people, told the purport of his mission, told them of the Virgin Mary and her blessed Son, the Savior, how in distant lands and ages he had lived on earth as we do, how he fasted, prayed, and labored, how the Jews, the tribe accursed, mocked him, scourged him, crucified him, how he rose from where they laid him, walked again with his disciples, and ascended into heaven. And the chiefs made answer, saying, We have listened to your message. We have heard your words of wisdom. We will think on what you tell us. It is well for us, O brothers, that you come so far to see us. Then they rose up and departed, each one homeward to his wigwam. To the young men and the women told the story of the strangers whom the Master of Life had sent them from the shining land of Wabun. Heavy with the heat and silence grew the afternoon of summer. With a drowsy sound the forest whispered round the sultry wigwam. With a sound of sleep the water rippled on the beach below it. 
From the cornfields, shrill and ceaseless, sang the grasshopper, Papukina, and the guests of Hiawatha, weary with the heat of summer, slumbered in the sultry wigwam. Slowly o'er the simmering landscape fell the evening's dusk and coolness, and the long and level sunbeams shot their spears into the forest. Breaking through its shields of shadow, rushed into each secret ambush, searched each thicket dingle hollow, still the guests of Hiawatha slumbered in the silent wigwam. From his place rose Hiawatha, bade farewell to old Nokomis, spake in whispers, spake in this wise, did not wake the guests that slumbered. I am going, O Nokomis, on a long and distant journey to the portals of the sunset, to the regions of the home wind, of the northwest wind, Kiwaden. But these guests I leave behind me, in your watch and ward I leave them. See that never harm comes near them. See that never fear molests them. Never danger nor suspicion, never want of food or shelter in the lodge of Hiawatha. Forth into the village went he, bade farewell to all the warriors, bade farewell to all the young men, spake persuading, spake in this wise. I am going, O my people, on a long and distant journey. Many moons and many winters will have come and will have vanished ere I come again to see you. But my guests I leave behind me. Listen to their words of wisdom. Listen to the truth they tell you. For the master of life has sent them from the land of light and morning. On the shore stood Hiawatha, turned and waved his hand at parting. On the clear and luminous water launched his birch canoe for sailing. From the pebbles of the margin shoved it forth into the water. Whispered to it, Westward, westward, and with speed it darted forward. And the evening sun descending set the clouds on fire with redness. Burned the broad sky like a prairie, left upon the level water one long track and trail of splendor, down whose stream as down a river westward, westward Hiawatha sailed into the fiery sunset, sailed into the purple vapors, sailed into the dusk of evening. And the people from the margin watched him floating, rising, sinking, till the birch canoe seemed lifted high into that sea of splendor till it sank into the vapors like the new moon slowly, slowly sinking in the purple distance. And they said, Farewell forever. Said, Farewell, O Hiawatha. And the forests, dark and lonely, moved through all their depths of darkness, sighed, Farewell, O Hiawatha. And the waves upon the margin, rising, rippling on the pebbles, sobbed, Farewell, O Hiawatha. And the heron, the Shushuga, from her haunts among the Fenlands, screamed, Farewell, O Hiawatha! Thus departed Hiawatha. Hiawatha the Beloved, in the glory of the sunset, in the purple mists of evening, to the regions of the home wind, of the northwest wind, Kiwaden, to the islands of the Blessed, to the kingdom of Ponema, to the land of the hereafter. Tis the gift to be simple. Tis the gift to be free. Tis the gift to come down where we ought to be. And when we find ourselves in the place just right, t'will be in the valley of love and delight. When true simplicity is gained, to bow and to bend, we will not be ashamed. 
To turn, turn, will be our delight, till by turning, turning, we come round right.